0: This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors as well as the occasional guest to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. Today, we're going to talk about the history. We've talked about... Uh, functional medicine in general. Okay, So this week we're doing history. I'm walking you through this week by week. Eventually we're going to get to treatment. It's probably gonna be like a month or two out before we get to that. And I'm just gonna walk you through functional medicine as it should be classically. And, uh, and this should answer a lot of your questions. Maybe some of you will pick things up along the way that you will use That um, that'll help you. And, I, and I'm, I'm totally good with that. I think half the country has chronic pain right now, so I don't think there's enough doctors to fix everybody. So, so history is so important. Now, I come from a time before there was MRIs, before there was CAT scans. I come from a time before, uh, um, you know, there was nerve conduction velocity tests, and and I come from a time before the what I call the dark ages of diagnosis, when we suddenly got chronic pain be, started to become a problem chronic fatigue, immunodeficiency disease, Lyme disease, these types of things, mold. And suddenly I come from that time where there was no testing. So now there's there was an explosion of alternative testing, a lot of which maybe isn't totally accurate. Uh, and, and, and But yet doctors were basing their, and still are basing their entire protocols on these. Um, so one of the things that that we had to do back then, before all of this was occurring, before yeah, MRIs and CAT scans and all these, all these uh, alternative uh, tests came about, was we had to do a history, and we had to do an exam. I know when I was in clinic, if I did, if I came out of the, if I came out of the exam room in less than an hour, my clinic director would tell me to go back in. I must have missed something. That was fairly standard back then. It's not just so much an hour. You need to, for, for, for chronic pain conditions, you need to take a good history. And I'm gonna go through a history and, I'm gonna, and, I'm gonna, and you're, I think you're gonna see why. Um, maybe if you're calling someone up on the phone and they're sending you a three page standard history form and then it goes back and they do kind of a couple of standard tests and then they start, they give you the paleo diet and throw a bunch of supplements at you. Maybe that's not functional medicine or at least not for chronic conditions, okay? And, and, I, and so we're gonna walk through a history and what it should look like, but still a little bit more background on history. Fast forward from when I was younger and, and doing an hour history and an hour exam was like standard procedure. I remember my first exposure to uh, functional medicine was listening to uh, a, a lecture by Jeff Bland. Jeff Bland is, uh, coined the word functional medicine. He's, um, I think he, he taught at Bastyr University for years and, and more than that, he, uh, I, he was also, uh, he, I think he still may be involved with uh, creating formulas for supplements, um, but he was really a big uh, genesis of functional medicine. And he understood that you had to take a history for a chronic condition that started literally from birth. And now we're finding out maybe even before, you know, and, and I'm not just talking genetics, but like the state of the mom. And so, so they, and I think they still have, there's a couple of different uh, lines of functional medicine. I think they still have a group that, that Dr. Bland runs and, and, and they teach functional medicine to doctors. And I think they still have their template. And it was a sheet of paper and, and it was a timeline from the time that the person was born and you would take their history from the time they were born. Where, did you have a C-section? Is that is that matter? Yes, it matters because if you didn't, if you were C-sectioned as a child, you didn't get the meconium from your mother's vagina going as you were going through, and that alters immune function. And we and we now know it. Was your mother was your mother stressed when? Uh, when, when, when you were born during the period of time that she carried you, oh my God, she was going through. Well, we now know stress hormones can cross the placenta, and that person who has anxiety and panic attacks, literally since they were born, the mother says she, they've been that way since they were born. It may actually go back that far, to the fact that that there are that there were stress enzymes coming from all the way back that far, and Dr. Bland uh, put, was the first one I saw that put this together. And, and then you would look every step along the way, you, you, would take, uh, the, you would take the particularly pertinent information from every step along the way, and you would put it on this template, this chart, and then you would use that to compare to the person's present day symptoms and problems, and, and you would start to use that to make a diagnosis. I got news for you. I mean, this is the way we used to have to do when I was kids. When we were young, when we were young doctors, you had to figure it out from an exam and a history. And you had to come up with three differential diagnoses that were probably gonna be what was wrong with the person and there was no backup. Well, I mean, we barely had x-rays at that point in time, but we didn't have MRIs, CAT scans and all the other things I said. And I think we were better diagnosticians. In fact, I'm absolutely certain we were better diagnosticians than today's just divert to the test whether it's an alternative test, or whether it's a, a blood test, or whether it's an MRI or a CAT scan that's telling you you're normal. There's this, you walk in, it's eight minutes. You know, it's 10 minutes. You can't get a good history. You divert to the test. You, you treat what the test says. That's not the way you do functional medicine. It wasn't the way we used to do standard medicine. So let me, let me kind of use my case, okay? Most of you have watched, I, I was found out last week how many people watched these things. I was like in shock. <laughs> so thank you for watching. And I try to bring real content to you. And here's real content. I'll give you my case, okay? Uh, I, I, it's, most of you have watched this know I have a lot of these issues. So I'm just going to share this with you. I'm just going to give you the Cliff Notes version, okay? So basically, um, you know, I, I was born to a very stressful mom. Mm. That may have, or may not have had uh, any issues. I, I do remember being stressed from the time I was a young man. I had... Uh, I had my first gut surgery when I was five weeks old. And so I had a pyloric stenosis and I had a gut surgery to open that up. So in other words, food wasn't going through me. Is that important? Ah, uh, you had, you know, you had your gut opened up and now the food's going through you. Where's well, the problem with that. <laughs> we now know that once you cut somebody's intestines, you probably have a permanent leaky gut. If you're taking a history for a chronic pain patient knowing if they have a leaky gut and ultimately food sensitivities is very important to know. And knowing that maybe they've had it their whole life is important to know. Fast forward, I'm a very, very nervous young man. I'm continually having to go to the restroom in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm vomiting stuff up. So I was under a lot of stress. We are, are if any of my relatives see this, they, they, they'll go, yep, he was under a lot of stress. And, uh, and it was very stressful. When I see someone here who is a young man, let's say they're, they're 15, 16, 20. The mother, well, 15, let's say 15, and the mother's brought, brought the child in, and, they, and, and, and I asked, how are you when you were a kid? And they say, oh, I've had gut problems when I was a kid, but they checked everything and everything was normal. I know that if there's no pathology there, that young man was, our young lady was under a lot of stress, and that that was maybe, co- Ca- causing the gut problems that they're sitting there in front of me because brain causes gut problems. So so for me, um, I, when I look back, yes, I was stressed. I also had bad bowels at that point in time. My mom was Italian. I lived in a little Italian neighborhood in Trenton, New Jersey, a, a wonderful place to, to grow up, just outside of a place called The Berg in Trent, New Jersey. For those of you from back there, you'll know what I'm talking about. And Italian neighborhood, so what am I eating? I'm eating pasta. I'm eating bread, I'm eating, uh, I'm eating pizza every Friday night. I, and I had bad bowels my whole life. And, and in retrospect, when I do my history, it's entirely possible, and I have celiac, I know that now. It's entirely possible I had celiac from that time. That's important for my doctor to know because it tells me how long the person has had that problem. And it kind of gives me a better idea of how long it's gonna take them to get better or, 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 or gives me incentive and insightful. I'm sorry, not incentive, It gives me insight on other things, relative to their history. Uh, go f- fast forward a little bit more. Um, I actually, I actually had ulcers. You know, in my teen years, um, ulcers. You know, they're kind of like you're stressed. You're stressed. You're stressed. You're stressed. You're stressed. Uh, emotional trauma. We may touch on that a little bit in the history, but emotional trauma is um, significant in chronic pain, and I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it everywhere. Now, when we first started talking about emotional traumas, we kind of got a lot of being part of chronic conditions and chronic pain and fibromyalgia and a lot of the gut problems and things like that. And we got a lot of flack, but the data's there. And now I'm starting to see psychologists and psychiatrists doing brain rehab exercises, um, functional neurologists and and functional uh, psychiatrists using um, 5-HTP and SAMI and things like that for their post-traumatic stress syndrome, emotionally traumatic patients. So you, I, I, I seem to divert when I say that, but I'm not. This is what you start to initially grab from the history when I say you can make a, an exam. 21 years old, fast forward 21 years old, I get mononucleosis, okay? Probably from kissing too many girls, right? the kissing disease. So I get really sick. I mean, really sick. I mean, I lose like 35 pounds. I, and I'm not a big guy to begin with, right? I lose like 35 pounds. I go from like 150 to 123. I'm laying in bed. I developed strep throat. I can't eat, um, sweats, uh, just the whole thing. It was awful. And it, and it lasted for months. And uh, and And finally, I got through it. And then the fatigue from it lasted for over a year. In fact, I played, I was playing sports at that time in college. I missed the whole season because I could, I couldn't, I couldn't even get on a treadmill for like ten minutes. Um, we now know, we now know that um, if you uh, if you have mononucleosis, and and which is caused by Epstein Barr virus, and and if you have the symptoms, the acute symptoms for more than four to six weeks, like three months and fatigue for 12 to 14 months, that you probably developed um, um, Hashimoto's, an immune attack against your thyroid. And why is that important to my case? Years and years and years and years and years later, I, de- I developed more Hashimoto. I developed a more severe uh, type of Hashimoto's and and it, goes all the, and it goes all the way back to that point when I was 21 and I'm gonna hit that in a minute. So, so fast forward from there, all of a sudden I'm, I, I, I get better, but I'm a little fatigued and I start fighting my weight. I'm figuring, well, I'm 22 now, so this must be old age, I have to fight my weight. So I get through that you know, and, 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 that, and we go on with that for the next years and then and, and poor diet and, and stress and all that type of stuff and then, and then I get to almost 50 and and I and I'm, I, I go through a stressful event in life, I end up getting um, I end up getting uh, uh, pneumonia, and the next thing you know, that triggered what ultimately was full blown Hashimoto's, full blown celiac, um, fatigue, chronic fatigue. Uh, I, I started to get eczema and seborrheic dermatitis at that point in time. Anyways, fibromyalgia, sensitivity. I used to tell my wife every fiber of my being hurts when i try to get out of bed. And then some small fiber neuropathy. Um, I've also had along the way for my history, okay, I've also had a lot of concussions, all right. And so from sports and a couple of car accidents and stuff like that. So, so now let's say I'm 51 years old, 50 or 59 or 49, somewhere around there. And let's say I, now I show up in the doctor's office And and they go like, what's going on? And and this is what happened, same thing. You know, I I, I said, well, you know, I'm sick, uh, I'm I'm tired, I I can't get out of bed, I hurt everywhere, I've got all this stuff happening, I'm starting to put on weight, I know. And the doctor tells me after, you know, five minutes of giving me one little sheet, he says, you're depressed, here, take this thing, take this depression thing. That's kind of how it still is in a, in a lot of ways. And, and in, in a lot of functional medicine practices, it's, it's expanded. But the reality is, is, is that that whole past history, I could literally look at that history today in a patient coming in here and almost tell them what's wrong with them, okay? Because my Epstein-Barr virus, that probably was what exploded to cause my particular Hashimoto's, and there's other things that cause it, okay? probably started back when I was 21. It's probably the reason that I couldn't lose the weight. It's probably the reason that I that it went up and down, that I had to struggle with it, that I was always more tired than I thought I should be. The ulcers, you go back, you look at the history there. I had ulcers, clearly I've had stress my whole life. There was emotional trauma there. That You can look at our videos on, on PTSD and chronic pain if you want to look those up. And And now you can look back and see how that was there. You're going to go all the way back to, to my birth. And, and today, today, if somebody came into me and I do get these people and they have anxiety and they have panic attacks and I've been nervous my whole life and, and I throw up before sports events and no matter what I do, I, I can't get it under control. Maybe it actually came from their mom. Maybe there, there's actually stress hormones that cross the placenta. That actually helps you to be able to address that person's case. So you take my case, you get up to that point in time, finally miraculously I run into, and in my research and stuff, I run into some people who are just starting functional medicine and I, that's why when you hear me talk, I say, I, I, think it's, I think it's fair for me to say I was one of the original functional medicine group of doctors and I was. And this is the way that they taught it. They taught that you need to do the history and you need to do the exam. I was just at a recent functional medicine practitioner, a, a regional functional medicine seminar and the great thing about this seminar was the teacher was also in practice. And he indicated to the whole group that was sitting there, and it was maybe 50 people sitting there, that uh, he does an exam that's three hours long, a history and an exam. That's history and exam It's three hours long. There was a collective groan from the group, which leads me to believe that a lot of functional medicine practitioners maybe aren't delving into the cases the way that they should be because it can, I just saw an ad yesterday in one of the papers. here's my template for functional medicine. You can just do this and in, and in 20 minutes, you can know what's wrong with the person and you can get this computer program and the computer program, you just put the blood panels in there and the blood panels are gonna tell me what, what supplements to give them, you put them on this diet and you can treat everything. Um, I can tell you from personal experience, you are looking for trouble treating people that way, and 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 there, are there some people that are going to get better doing that? Yes, but when you have when you have people when you have people coming into your practice and you're a functional medicine practitioner, eventually you start getting some very difficult cases because patients are now not just starting to go, like people now are not just going to medical doctors before they come to us, but they're going to other alternative practitioners before they come to us. And the things that I'm talking to you about over this year are the things that are missing when that person comes to us and they've been to another functional medicine doctor, okay, who maybe didn't even take a history, maybe just said, oh, you have this, so let me give you these supplements. I practice functional medicine. So, so for me, the history was extremely important for for the doctors that helped me to help understand myself, uh, and and to to figure out what was wrong with me, and to be able to start dealing with it and get to the point where now I'm 66. I'm here. I'm doing this, um, and 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 you know I'm working pretty hard, and, I, and that believe me, when this thing hit me back then, I couldn't work at all. I mean I was flat down. I was in bed uh, for the first year. I couldn't get on a treadmill. History has a lot to do with helping them to say, you have, glu- you have gluten sensitivity. We found out later I had celiac. Uh, you have a permanent leaky gut. You're probably going to have food sensitivities. We found out I had a leaky gut. And, and, and so this is, so these are the important things. This, the elements that should be in a good history. I'm, I'm going to walk through. Our, now we had like a 55 page history when we started. This was years ago. And the reason for that was, I go back to the what I call the dark ages of, of also of alternative medicine. There was this period of time where suddenly we have all these chronic pains developing, chronic pain patients developing. This is in I'm this is my 39th, I think it's my 40 year, 40th year in practice, and um, and so so back then we, we were treating we were p- treating a different patient population than we're treating now. People are sicker now than they were then. In chiropractic, I, I'm a chiropractor, and and in chiropractic, people don't respond as well to chiropractic today or physical therapy today as they used to, because of all the things that we're talking about, because of autoimmunity, because of chronic emotional trauma, because of leaky guts, because of food sensitivities, environmental factors, which are a little bit overplayed, but still, environmental factors are can be a can definitely be a player, and so we had to try to figure out how to how to get people well and a lot of doctors started using a lot of these alternative tests and the alternative tests were kind of iffy but they were the only thing people had and it started going from we stopped taking histories again and we went to and we and we started doing almost no exam and then we went to the alternative tests so uh, so what what we're what we're going to do now is, is we're going to walk through a history and help you to understand what the pertinence of a history should be, what you should be getting asked if you're going into your alternative doctor, if you're not getting satisfaction, maybe some of these are the things that that uh, are missed, and here's why, okay? Uh, what I was going to say is we went from 56 pages, now it's down to 18, because over a period of time, we sifted out what was pertinent. It, is it all parasites? There's the all parasite group, and then, or is it... Uh, or, you know, or, or is it all molds? And there's the all mold group. Or is it all heavy metals? And there's the, all the heavy metals group. And lime is another whole thing. You can look up at our thing there. You can look at our presentation on lime, and, um, and and so we had to sift through all that and we sifted through it and it's about, it's about 18 pages. There is, there's a food diary here. I think most everybody's on board now with food can be a big problem in flaring up joint issues and immune responses and allergy responses. So we put a food. We put it. We actually have people fill out a food diary before they come in um, to give it to us, so that we can see what they're eating, and we it can tell. <laughs> okay, if, if we tell this guy he's got to get off of gluten, this could be a big challenge, and 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 it tells us if it's not. Oh, this person, or it tells us this person's already off gluten. Huh? This person's already off all grains. This person's already eating better than ninety nine percent of the population, and here they are sitting in front of you with a bad gut. Food sensitivities, uh, reactions, uh, fibromyalgia, brain fog, vertigo, balance, and what's going on. So, if you're if you're enjoying this, then then you know please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So, okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again, and uh, take care.